This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. And welcome to the MCU Lorecast. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. And today's a very special episode because it happens to be our very first patron episode. And we are joined by our first and currently only patron, Genesis. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to another episode of the MCU Lorecast. I am your spoiler alert queen. So sorry, lovelies. If you're looking for a spoiler-free zone, this is not the place for you. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can't thank you enough for being uh, in our corner for as long as you have been. So this feels this feels good and right. So Yeah, she's like our A1 since day one. Absolutely. Because we've said it a couple of times. This podcast would not have even happened, I don't think, without without Jen. No. So we're so (laughs) very grateful to her and we're super excited because we've got an awesome topic to cover today because the patrons have voted and we're talking about our favorite hero or villain from the MCU or Marvel in general. Yeah, no, it's really exciting. And then I was looking back through the old DMs and I was like, how did this all come to be? And Psyche, you had asked me if I if I wanted to join you on like a Marvel podcast about the comics. And I'm like, ooh, buddy, I don't know the comics as well enough. I mean, I can be the person who just sits there and correlates it to real world stuff or if you give me lines, I can read lines, uh, but it doesn't feel as organic as like as you would want this to be. And then I see Shanko posting on the Discord, you know, hey, I'm thinking about making a podcast relating to all the Marvel movies and focusing on like the fight scenes in it because I think they're truly badass. And then I'm like, wait a minute, one plus one can totally equal two in this moment. So I created a little group chat on Discord and I was like, y'all need to meet right now. And <laughs> here we are. Here I'm we so are. proud of you guys. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. Um, yeah. yeah I don't even of... know how to follow that one up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's not keep them hanging, I guess. Uh, who would like to go first? Uh, I'm always of the opinion that ladies should go first, and then that's the two of you. So, I mean, you could like duke it out or something, whatever. Oh, Shanko would kick my ass. I'm fully aware of this. Oh, no. Come on. I'm, I may be the host of the fight space too, but I am a gentle soul at heart. Um, <laughs> uh, sure. I can, I can go first. I, I mean, Sykes said it best, I think, in our Captain America, the Winter Soldier episode. That was the film I would not shut up about. So I think I got to talk about my guy, Cap. Yeah. <laughs> <I probably laughs> do. All right. 
So, um, yeah, uh, let's go with the standard questions. You know, how did you first come across Captain America? I think the same as uh, just about anyone else. I watched the cartoons when I was little and then saw the films when I was a little bit older, started reading the comics. I think he's I love an underdog story and I love a, uh, I love a character like that that's built from nothing and self-made too. You know, other than a little bit of help from superhero steroids. <laughs> Just a little bit of chemical aid. But you know what? I can forgive it because I think the character that we end up getting ultimately represents what I want for, you know, the, the, the idea of the American dream and mm. um, not kind of what patriotism has become today really what it should be that's what you get with steve rogers yeah um and you know evans evans and the mcu as a whole have really done a lot to uh cultivate that that imagery uh, just that wholesomeness to him uh so much so that it was really hard to like see evans in other non-wholesome roles like his role in uh, knives out or something because just like oh you're going to be the good guy because you're Chris Evans. No. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, some of it was like, okay, I think the guy that plays Captain America is good looking and I like looking at him, but I like the character that he portrays and I really liked Evans' portrayal of Captain America, Steve Rogers. I think very few other actors could have done the same for that character. I think Evans was the guy for it. And he kind of redeemed himself because he he we saw him in a marvel movie before he was captain america we don't talk about those (laughs) (laughs) we don't talk about johnny no like let's face it that was i that was the odd era of superhero movies where they just couldn't quite like they were either sticking the landing with you know spider-man or sort of with the x-men or they were just whiffing it. And that's the Fantastic Four and Daredevil. I mean, that's all in that genre, right? Yeah. The, they were a little bit hit or miss for sure back in that uh, little time period. But again, I mean, Captain America became one of my favorites. I mean, obviously not because of his film debut, probably anything before the Avengers, really, because he was nobody's favorite Avenger. When you say who's your favorite Avenger at in 2012, everyone's going to say that is probably going to say Iron Man. Maybe, but I don't know. I, I think a lot of people came around to, to Captain America pretty quickly and mm-hmm. he has managed to, you know, stick with the American psyche f- since he was reintroduced. And in fact, he stuck around so much between him leaving and his reintroduction that's how he got reintroduced to begin with they wanted they wanted uh, fresher, him back. they wanted him back exactly so he may not always top the list but there's a reason he was first draft for the avengers mm-hmm. when he wasn't first draft for the original set mm-hmm. where do you want to see the character go i mean like the mcu's kind of ended him but i don't know comic book or whatever or maybe spinoff whatever what are you thinking i mean as far as the comics go i'm not 100 up to date 
I remember that kind of controversial run where they made him the, you know, spoiler alert, I'm glad Jen already gave it, uh, where they made him a Hydra agent and uh, the comic. Uh, People were burning that book. It's still sitting in my closet. So uh, yeah. unfortunately, the book burnings didn't make the price go up. So I still have it. <laughs> but Secret Empire was uh, a unique experience, I'll just say. Yeah. Because and not a not not a great one. <laughs> no, because Cap wasn't the only one they they turned evil and had running around being just awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to see that again. That's no for sure. One does and I, that's why they worked so hard to retcon it again was so soon after it ended. As much as people, some people disliked the ending they gave Cap in you know at the end of the Infinity Saga, I liked it for him. He deserves it if anyone does. <laughs> Just go back and grow old with the woman you love. If anyone deserves that, it is Steve Rogers. I do, you know, I'd like to see, a, honestly, a departure from the Steve Rogers Captain America because we do have a good run with the Sam Wilson Captain America in the comics. I have several of the books. I've kind of kept up with the storyline. I love what they're doing and moving in that direction with the character. And I want to see where they're going to take the Captain America mantle more so than the man himself, Steve Rogers. And I maybe would like to see an alternate universe because they're doing multiverse stuff and they're doing alternate universe stuff within the MCU. I'd love to see a Bucky Barnes Captain America because I think we get to see a grittier side to Cap with that. Oh, sure. And, uh, you know, in the comics, Bucky had the mantle uh, immediately following the events of the original Civil War. Mm -hmm. In fact, they're uh, I'm not going to call it similar to what happened with uh, Batman when he died and there was this battle for the cowl thing, but there was sort of an upset in the in inner circle of Captain America people before before the Falcon was like the proper heir to the mantle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Sebastian Sam would have been fantastic and would be fantastic in an alternate universe set up as Captain America. It'd probably be really funny to see too, like in the Thunderbolts movie or something. <laughs> like they give him a cap suit and they're like, how's it feel? And he's like, man, it's like really tight. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> so it's a bit gratuitous, you know? <laughs> so my last question for you on this is what's your least favorite iteration of Captain America? Oh man, uh, it's okay. probably a tie between the 90s movie with Cap with the rubber ears that starred the guy from Starship Troopers. Mm, yeah. Or if you remember that cover of Cap where he's got the massive chest, <laughs> I've broken psych. Uh, yeah, no, it's only because I know that. You know exactly style. the cover I'm talking about. Uh huh. Um, it makes no anatomical sense. It's like, I don't even know how to explain it. If you go look up Captain America, big boobs or something, it shows up. It's terrible. Googling now. (laughs) Yeah, go for it. So, you know, what we're kind of laughing about, because it is. That was a weird time for art in comics. Oh, Oh, dear heavens. (laughs) 
okay, I completely get this now. This is so anatomically incorrect. There's no way that a human musculature, there's even like a breakdown of what his rib cage would have to look like in order to support that muscle load. Oh, oh no. They also engineered a picture of what what Chris our Evans. boy, what Chris Evans would look like if he had the same musculature in this. Ooh. Oh, Okay, so uh, there's also a side-by-side comparison to Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was at his Mr. Muscle similarity. So if you know what Arnie looked like back in the 70s, that is what they based this version of ugly face Captain America. Oh, I just pulled up the actual face. That is not a good face. Mm -mm. Canceled. You're out of here. Minus. (laughs) Who's that artist that can't draw feet? Um, Liefeld. All of them. <laughs> Some do it better than others, but Liefeld is is notorious for the uh, diamond foot. Oh. So just cover him up too, or he won't draw. Uh, yeah, he'll more yeah. than half the time the he'll do anything and anything and everything he can to not have to draw feet. But when he has to, it comes to a point, like basically in the middle of your foot, and it it doesn't make any sense. It's a spade. <laughs> so yeah, that's probably my, that's actually definitely my least favorite Captain America. Very closely followed by Rubber Ears Cowl Cap starring the guy from Starship Troopers. Fair. I don't know his name. I'm sorry. It's all right. I would have tossed on that list um, the Ultimates version. You know, the, because that was Miller's cap. And it's the, uh, does this A stand for France? Uh <laughs> stuff yeah, I, um, yeah. it was miller's way of doing political commentary through a comic book i can tell you how well that landed mm. um he that cap embodied a lot more of the negative sides of what we see in the night of 1940s and 50s men where they're genial in public but privately let's face it they're not not the romanticized 40s that we talked about being mm-hmm. Captain America. The actual 40s. Yeah. Where some not-so-nice stuff could be happening at home and no one would know. I feel like I've been hogging all of it. Jen, you got any uh, like anything you would like to hop on or anything? You're welcome to. It's kind of just open forum, really. I just ask questions. Oh, yeah. No, it was actually um, my favorite mcu like in the movies aspect of it my favorite character is sam wilson so i was like that's a perfect play going from cap to the falcon uh because they're so intertwined on a lot of things and especially in the movies because i do have a favorite movie character and a favorite comic book character uh my favorite comic book character got absolutely dicked over in the movies but i'll get to that Uh, actually yeah and I have lots of feelings about that kind of stuff, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so Sam in the movies. Absolutely love it. Okay, so the fact that there is a man who is so pro mental health and support and getting people together who normally wouldn't like sit around and talk about their feelings. He's like, no. 
We are going to sit in this auditorium. We are going to talk about the fact that we all suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, and we're going to work it out together as a crew of men who have all gone through something horrific. Even if it wasn't revealed that Sam Wilson is the Falcon later on, that right there is enough for me, for me to be like, yes, please support this man up higher. That and... There are some hilarious scenes. I love the on the left. The on the left is forever in the zeitgeist. And then yeah. <laughs> the the I watched uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I don't think that there has ever been a better comedic moment than the therapy session between... They're sitting there with their legs intertwined, <laughs> staring at each other. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to talk about our issues right now. And I'm like, look, even though they made it lighthearted, it was still a legitimate therapy session between two partners. Now, not romantic partners, but still two male partners where it was like... We need to figure out our stuff in order to make this work right for us. So here we are, Sam Wilson promoting mental health and going to therapy in so many different aspects of it. And I love it. Uh, that and then he ends up being totally amazing. And in the comics, he had the power to speak to birds. Mm -hmm. Like he was a... Uh, not a mutant, but a muted gen. And so that was kind of cool. It's not something that they really talked about in the movies, but I was like, the fact that they brought in Red Wing as a Wakanda-created um, little drone instead of his actual, like, Falcon partner. I was like, mm -hmm. you're at least making the nod to it. You're making... Um, you're the bringing effort. the effort, yeah. yeah. Because I like how he treats that drone like it's a like it's real too. He'll be like, just give it a little kiss. Like, just give him a little pet. And Bucky's like, you better get that thing out of my face or I'm gonna break it. It's the birdie. You gotta be nice to the birdie. Yeah. Now Sam, Sam is one of my favorites. And you know, your next question being like, what would you like to see the character? Well, I do want to see a Captain Sam America, mm -hmm. you know, and it's happened in the books. So now I want to see that on film. I think that it would be great. Uh, I believe that is the next one that's slated as a uh, Captain America, new world order. So that mm -hmm. is definitely still in the works. Yeah. I avoid. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to the new phase just to start getting more media out. You know, I, I feel like, it's been a minute now since we had another movie release. I would also like to get out of phase four simply because phase four seems to be that uh, replacement era. And I'm ready for all the new characters that we've been introducing to finally kind of come together and move on. Yeah, we're used to we're used to big payoff movies at this point. So mm. all the little build up films aren't hitting home like they used to. Yeah, uh, or the television shows aren't quite hitting. Mm -hmm. They're not scratching that itch just right. So what's, you're not, you say you're not quite as familiar, so you probably won't be able to answer it. And that's all right. But what's your least favorite iteration of the Falcon then? Mm. 
So I was looking through pictures and stuff. I there was one where it looked like he had angelic white, like pretty wings that looked actually feathery, and I didn't mm. like the look of that. I feel like he is a little bit more technologically bird than he is actual feathery bird. That's Angel's whole deal, not Falcon's. Mm-hmm. But so no, I don't know enough about who I wouldn't like Sam to be. You don't want to see Sam get the big chest treatment. <laughs> oh, no. I would hate that. No. <laughs> Alright, so a special question for you then. Um, romantic partner then, like in the MCU, who would you like to see him get paired up with? Oh, oh, that's a tough one. My mind went to Bucky to start off with, but I don't know how that would work out with just because I was like, I just saw them in the therapy session together and they looked fine with physical intimacy. Um, but Oh, how, how young? I don't know Shuri's age, so I don't want to put her up as an option. Uh, if she's that much younger, uh, T'Challa's, uh, Shuri's in college. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, she held her own wits and, uh, like, snapbacks at him, um, especially in, and obviously I haven't seen the new uh, Black Panther movie, but the fact that they already spent a lot of time together while he was doing his whole White Wolf thing, living in Wakanda, I could see that they could have built a relationship together, or at least Uh, a foundation for a solid friendship. Wait, that was, that was Bucky. You're right. I'm stuck on Bucky. Um, That's fair. No, I can Sam. tell you. I, I can tell you that in the comics, uh, he's had two partners. One was a uh, Misty Knight. Uh, she was introduced in the Luke Cage series. Uh, she's the the detective who ends up losing an arm, mm. and um, he was also partnered with uh, the Mighty Thor when Jane Foster had Thor's Thor's powers. So. Um, and for a little hmm. while, the two of them headed up uh, a new Young Avengers team. And they kind of acted as a, as the mom and dad of the of the team. And that one got some pretty good reviews as as a as an relationship. But as Foster's powers and cancer progressed, that relationship sort of ended. Yeah, I know Anthony Mackie has said that he wants to see Falcon paired with the Black Widow, but. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a problem. Be a problem. <laughs> There's this whole problem that they have, which there is the new Black Ooh. Widow. So, okay. Oh, see what now about... that might be chaos because they they might just quip each other to death. Yelena and mm. and Sam. Oh my gosh, Nakamura Nebula. Mm. What about Sam and Nebula? Because she obviously has some trauma to deal with. And Sam could help her out with that. And then he could go to space and he could feel special. (laughs) Uh, For me, I feel like it'd be a little dangerous to have um, someone that you're romantically linked with also handling a lot of your therapy. But as a good friendship, I would definitely ship that. Because Nebula needs help. Yeah. She needs that. She needs that stability and that foundation. Groot. <laughs> then the bird and the tree could be together. Oh. They're made for each other. <laughs> Just Sam and Red Wing. Oh my god. 
All right. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead and go to a mid break and then we will come back, I guess, with my stuff or whatever else we would like to add on. All right. Welcome to the mid break where we talk about the more mundane business parts of it. First, we'd like to thank all our patrons uh, for your support. It is very, very appreciated. We're very grateful for it. And of course, Genesis, for your support as well. Uh, we thank you immensely from the bottom of our hearts. We all have like a million and a half projects going on. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I was just doing audio for that today. Um, let me talk about that real quick. You can always find me also on the Mass Effect Blue Shift, a tabletop RPG podcast where we play Citadel security agents and we solve crimes on the Citadel. I play dashing human Jack Parizo and I have a grand old time doing that. Next episode should have dropped by the time you're listening to this. So please be enjoying that. Uh, let's see. Anchenko, you have news, stuff, things. All the stuff and things all the time. <laughs> I am also one half of the Wizarding World Lorecast, which is a Harry Potter podcast. I do that with Ben of Tamaria, who also does Holocron Histories. And then I am also the host of The Fight Space, which is one of the only female-led martial arts podcasts on the internet. So if you're interested in martial arts, fight sports, combat sports, and all of the punches come with, definitely join me on The Fight Space. And Jen, where can they find you? Oh, me. I am Genesis, one half of the Two Girls, One Chip podcast, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I am also co-host of the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we bring you the foundations of the past, the current state of Night City, and everything that comes in the future. So cool. <laughs> I was you. so excited when I saw that you and Toasty were going to be taking over that show. And I've been listening to all the new episodes and I'm super excited for you guys. And I can tell that you're having such a good time. Oh yeah. Uh, Beast Mode and I have a really good chemistry and a really good knowledge base when it comes to the universe of cyberpunk. And it just, it fits and it works. And we're really excited about like, like we've talked about Edge Runners, the cyberpunk anime um, on Netflix, and it that was such a good series. And now that we're moving away from that, we're really going to start to get into character deep dives and into like very specific lore topics and taking it. And like there's one character who shows up in the anime, in the game. In the trading card game, in the uh, tabletop RPGs, and it's just like, there's so much information and reiterations of the same character that we could talk forever about it. And so, Cyberpunk is a lot of fun. And on Two Girls, One Ship, right now we are in our Dragon Age 2 episodes, and we are having so much fun with those. Uh, we've talked... Meryl and Isabella and up next are the two most like controversial head buddy ones and they're going to be great because I romance and 
Anders and V romances Fenris. And it's like, oh, sparks are gonna fly. It's gonna be so good. I'm excited for all of it. So excited. Yeah. I just did the Anders episode for the Dragon Age lore cast. That was was a, a lot of fun. And we really got into his like inner turmoils of Anders. So if you haven't checked out the Dragon Age lore cast, the cops are also very good supporters of our show. We appreciate that very much. Uh, we also have a sponsor today. Today's episode is brought to you by Bearded Brown Coat Comics and Games. They are a small comic shop here in my hometown of Ocala, Florida. Two locations, one off of State Route 200, right off of 441 in Ocala, and one by the Publix Plaza, a little bit further south in, south in Bellevue. If you need anything comics-wise, tabletop-wise, gaming-wise, they probably have it at Bearded Brown Coat. You can get Yu-Gi-Oh cards, old games that you maybe haven't thought about. If you want to go run through Dragon Age 2 again, you could probably pick it up for 360. Or if you're looking for dice for your next tabletop campaign, you can find it there. So if you're in Central Florida and you want to check out an awesome shop, go find Bearded Brown Coat. Tell them Syke and Shanko sent you from the MCU Lorecast. They'd love to hear from you. And a link to their to their website will be in the episode description. And of course, you can always find any of us on the Robots Radio Discord uh, at our various names. And you can always find us on Twitter at our various shows and at our Gmails, which are probably listed on our Twitters. So all that said and done, let's come back to some more fun conversations. All right. So obviously one would think i would talk about cyclops but uh i'm going to save that for another time (laughs) you still have feelings about cyclops so yes yes i do uh so we're going to talk about um someone who really got the shaft he's one of my top five and that is gambit yep (laughs) Uh, the rage and cajun Uh, look at my boy what have they done to my boy yeah at least already like answering my my own questions here uh least favorite iteration is definitely wolverine origins not to throw any shade at the actor because i try not to do that to the actors you know that's writing that's direction that's above and beyond what you're capable of controlling you can only do what you're told and to the best of your ability that's that's it but they did him so bad so you know as a child somewhat of the 90s i was introduced to gambit uh through the animated series cartoon and yeah man what's not like what's there not to like he's charismatic and pretty charming and he's got that you know accent he's got some wicked cool powers and he utilizes them in a way that's creative and sort of spontaneous like you just don't expect a playing card to explode in your face he's got a rich backstory you know former thief trying to live in and up he's you know always being pulled back to deal with something but so yeah that's that's my one of my favorite heroes is is gambit um and he's had a great like turn of character lately especially with the direction hickman took the x-men and uh, he, he got ma- he got properly married to Rogue uh, about a year or two ago. I have have that run of issues, 
It's a great series. And they just got reunited in the current line. So we talked a little bit about it in the Rogue episode where we weren't able to have Jen on in in uh, actual show, but we had her in spirit. She sent us in a voice clip. We talked about how you know Gambit in the in the comics and in the movies and in the in the series that we've seen him, he'd been important to the character of Rogue. And I definitely agree with you that he got shafted <laughs> in the movies. They did they did the boy dirty. And it was such a shame because he was one of those characters that did so well in the shows that I think everyone loved the 90s Gambit. And Mm -hmm. to see that translated to screen in such a poor fashion, like his powers didn't look good. He barely had any scenes. It was just disappointing. Yeah, I want to save most of what we're going to talk about when we hit the movie because we got to talk about it. Which doesn't mean I have to rewatch it at some point because I watched it a whole of once when it came out and I tried to bury that memory since. So you haven't relived your trauma since the first time you saw it. I have a very good memory. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, I guess that does that make your answer for where you want to see him go pretty easy? I mean, in the comics, I've like I want to see see him grow up a little bit more, especially within his marriage to Rogue. Um, especially now that she's got control pretty much of her touch-based powers, you know that really does open up an avenue for like a family and stuff. And so I kind of want to see where that could go if Marvel will let it happen. But as we've discussed on the show. Editors tend to fear families. They tend to shy away from that because parents don't sell or something. Or worse, they don't, (laughs) they'll have a kid. The kid will get sucked into a time loop thing and suddenly age so that you have a new 17 year old muscle bound character, right? Like you don't do any growing up. You just do that off screen real quick so you can get a new character. That's that happens so many times. It's not even funny. So I would really like to see him grow up as a as a husband and a maybe as a father eventually down the line. As for the movies, I mean, we've already sort of retconned it out. So can we just do him proper, please? I remember there was talk of a Channing Tatum led thing. I'm still on the fence very much about it. And I think that one's pretty much canned at this point. But I never thought Tatum was the right fit for the character. But I'm I'm an actor in Oklahoma. What do I know? <laughs> oh, Marvel has done some... Okay, so I will preface this with... I only know some basic information on this. But Marvel has done some really not nice things to women in the past before. Especially when it comes to relationships to being pregnant or trying to have children and things like that. If Rogue were to get pregnant, I could see them very easily making this not a very good situation where her body decides to repeatedly attack and steal life force from something that she can't control inside her own body. So I don't know if I want to see Rogue pregnant on 
Unless they just say like, oh, she's gained enough control that now she can also control it internally and it doesn't attack an unborn child. Right. Or like um, her body recognizes it as a part of herself, really. Um, So it doesn't it doesn't do something with her powers. She's had children in other in other realities before. Mm. Most notably, she had a child with. Uh, Magneto in an alternate timeline. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's been done before, all, of course, all off screen and whatever, but it's not unforeseeable. Just Marvel should do it absolutely 100% correct and not pull the editorial crap that we saw, like with uh, the Hulk. Yeah. I want to uh, see Magneto get a family that survives the entire length of the film. That would also be nice. Probably never going to get it. But they've killed his family like three times. Well, you mean his, like, like from the from the concentration camps or? So they, killed his, they killed his family at the concentration camp. And then he had that family at the beginning of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I completely forgot about that movie. Okay. And then they, they just like, I mean, not a spoiler alert not spoiler alert they killed his family and i'm like they can't just let this man have any peace he wasn't hurting anyone now he's gonna go hurt some people yeah again unless you're marvel's first family aka the fantastic four they have a very hard time letting you have a family if you have descendants they get tossed into the time stream where they're from alternate timelines Looking at you, Summer's line. Um, <laughs> you would think Marvel Marvel tends to tends to think that their primary demographic is going to be basically thirteen to eighteen. That's who's going to be buying books, and maybe that was true back, you know, way back. But now we've had a new generation of you know kids who've grown up with these characters, comics buying them even when we were 12 and 13 well now i'm still buying them when i'm 33 i'm still reading them i'm still trying you know i'm still involved with these characters i would like to see them sort of move with me rather than remain stuck in the past while i move further and further down the line Mm -hmm. but that's that's my soapbox oh okay so you brought up uh a shafted character in the movies who is mm-hmm. amazing in the comic books. Can I present to you Iceman? <sighs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, my Bobby, my sweet, sweet Bobby gets absolutely none of his powers activated, none of his comic book storyline, none of his anything other than I can craft a cute-looking rose out of ice really quick for you. Uh, it, mm. Here you go. <laughs> he, he gets he gets one one form of being in his total Iceman form, and then he does get a good quippy line after that in the movie. But still, it's yeah. he is so much more complex now. And <laughs> I fell in love with comic book Iceman completely by accident okay there was a little show back in 1998 called animorphs 
Okay. <laughs> Someone else who knows about this show. Yes. I am an Animorph kid. I freaking love the books. I still have all 52 of them. I'm an Animorph girl. Okay. So when the TV show came out, I was all over it. And then when I see the first X-Men movie and I'm like, that's Jake. I freaked out and I fell in love with the character because I love Sean Ashmore because he played Jake in the Animorphs. And then I started looking at the comics. So I've been an Iceman fan because of Sean Ashmore way back in the day. Now, when I saw, once I learned about him in the movies, I started researching him on the internet back then. And then... You know, continuing to learn more and more and more about ice about Bobby, and I was just like, "When are we gonna get to see any of his storyline? When are we gonna get to any of this? He's an omega level mutant, but you look at the Iceman in the movies, and he shows none of that." Yeah, no, yeah, oh, a hundred percent. Have you seen uh, Days of Future Past? Yes. Okay. I mean, they did him. I'm not going to. They did him better in that you got to see more of the ice form. Um, he utilized his ice slide, actually. His combat was obviously up, but he was. He wasn't even second. St- he wasn't even the second storyline of the movie. He was like the tertiary storyline of the movie. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, he's kind of a support character through all of the X-Men movies that he's in. And that's a real shame because for mild-mannered CPA, he is just a beast of power that he can reconstitute himself if he's blown up in either his ice form or his human form. Mm-hmm. He can create uh, like multiples, just sort of like multiple men, and he can kind of control them and to do work as he needs um like he's been growing exponentially in his power set um from the for the last decade so like there's a line in uh wolverine and the x-men storyline and he someone someone equipped to him about being kind of useless or not living up to his potential and he pulls off one of his like multiple power set thing and he says uh don't ever don't ever underestimate what I can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's he's phenomenal in the comics. And for an ensemble movie, the X-Men, it draws up a little short, mm-hmm. I'd say, on the ensemble. Like, a perfect ensemble movie is basically the Avengers set, I would say. Right. Where they allowed each character to have their own origin movie so that way they could all shine. So that way we cared about it when they all got together and were working together because we already had an establishing movie where we fell in love with them for this, that, or the other reason. Yeah. They also got enough of their own individual scenes within the film that they felt like a fully realized character within the plot. Whereas with the X-Men films, it's like, okay... Here's Wolverine for 60% of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here you go. Here he is. Just Wolverine. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, there's all these other guys, but there's so many of them that that f- other 40% in no way gives them time to stand up to a character like Wolverine with his exposure. Right. Yes. And Wolverine's powers aren't even that like 
in depth in order to make it so that we need we need to focus that much time on him. All right. Yeah, he's got claws and regeneration. Let's talk about the guy that shoots laser beams out of his face. <laughs> right. Let's talk about the guy who turns into ice and jets around. Let's talk about, I don't know, any number of the other students at the school. Give me more than five seconds of Colossus, please. Oh, okay. Colossus got, he got shafted even harder. Like, like, we need more of that. I did like him in the Deadpool movies, though. Yes. (laughs) Deadpool Deadpool has done more for the X-Men than the X-Men movies have done for X-Men. Okay? Like, 100% love Ryan Reynolds. And he understands not only his his audience he understands his source material and mm-hmm. that kind of dedication and char- charisma is what's carrying those dead pill films and his perseverance just that's why they're doing so well and you know bringing in hugh jackman again after he has retired the character has got to be probably one of the biggest upsets of i'm going to say comic book cinema <laughs> I hope that they're just messing with us and he's in the movie for like 10 seconds as Hugh Jackman. I could totally see that happening. You have no idea how many angry fans are going to be there with pitchforks and torches. Well, what about that? Can I bet on it now? (laughs) Sure. But... Would they replay the joke, though? Because they already said that in Deadpool 2, you know, co-starring Brad Pitt. Mm. You know, that was a huge thing that Brad Pitt was going to be, you know, a major part of the movie. And technically, the character that Brad was playing was in there a lot, but you only saw his face for two seconds. (laughs) I always love that story. Well, But we'll we'll save that for the Deadpool two movie Ooh, review. Can we talk about Domino for a second? Because the portrayal of Domino's luck was absolutely amazing. I loved it. I loved Domino. Uh, it has become my wife's catchphrase uh, whenever I say she's getting lucky. She's like, "I know luck's a very good superpower." <laughs> like, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but how can we make this cinematography? <laughs> The fact that I love the little break, the wall break on there. How can we make it look good on screen? Luck's not a superpower. (laughs) Everything going wrong around her. Yeah, that's great. That was a great adaptation to from book to screen. Is is Domino? Hundred percent. And I I hope I hope she's involved in the third one. I get the feeling that with with Wolverine, and if you throw in a Domino. You can probably get one more, like, more edgy character, and it would probably be leaning towards uh, X-Force, an X-Force movie. Or... Negasonic and Yukio. Well, yeah. isn't Cable sticking around? Uh, I honestly don't know. I, like, I haven't done enough research on the upcoming Deadpool film to, to know, other than just they got Hugh Jackman in. Oh, I just meant from, like, where they left the story off at the end of the last um, movie. Cable um... was... St- still yeah he's still sticking around but and hopefully because i mean there's an entire deadpool and cable and deadpool comic book Mm -hmm. like so there's plenty of source material to pull from all right well 
you know, I think we've waxed poetic enough about all the things we do like and whatnot. Um, does anyone have any last final thoughts before we before we call this? Right. Well, then thank you all for sticking through us on our first patron chat. We are looking forward to our next one. And next week we have the most unlikely of movies to have ever been made and do as well as it did, Guardians of the Galaxy. So <laughs> Hey. Hey. <laughs> and on that note good night everybody good night everyone as we all know when it comes to making a movie there are a lot of people working behind the scenes to make that movie magic happen and it is no different when making a podcast welcome to the credit section of the mcu lorecast Captain Shanko and I would like to personally thank the following for their incredibly hard work and faith in us to get this podcast rolling. Tom, the head of the Robots Radio Network, for hosting and mentoring. In 7 Legend of the Mass Effect Lorecast for inspiration. Genesis and Vervada of the Two Girls One Ship podcast for introducing us. Let's Not, a fellow tabletop gamer and friend, for the amazing artwork pipe men a veteran and friend for the outstanding music our significant others for believing in and supporting us through this and you our fans without whom this would be a vanity project let us know how we're doing by leaving us a review on apple or a rating on spotify and to quote stan the man enough said Well, do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.